0: Hey everyone! I am so excited to announce this episode, Dealing with Difficult In-Laws as a Christian. And the cool thing is that it's actually a reverse interview. So if you haven't heard me on other interviews, this will give you a sneak peek into that. But I really, really loved the conversation and feel like it was just completely led by the Holy Spirit. And so I asked Michael and Elizabeth, from the Marriage Talks podcast if they would be willing to give me the audio so I could share with my listeners. And they are just amazing. So check them out at Marriage Talks. And the conversation was just really heartfelt and honest and practical when it comes to having a gospel perspective when dealing with really hard, maybe toxic in-laws, which I know is a super common problem because it's probably the most common question I receive from married couples. Um, and so Michael and Elizabeth had a wonderful response to this episode, even from older couples who had been married for a really long time. So that encouraged my heart and I wanted to share it with all of you. So I hope you enjoy this reverse interview episode and would love to hear your feedback. So please tag at Living Easy Podcast if you enjoyed it. And don't forget to give a quick rating and review on iTunes because as in the podcasting world, in my little world, that means so much. All you have to do is scroll down from this episode or from the homepage of the podcast, give a quick star rating, and then a few comments of your feedback. So with that said, I hope this episode blesses you, changes your relationship with your in-laws. That is my prayer. And I just spent about five minutes praying over you guys in this episode before I recorded this intro, because I know how damaging these toxic or difficult relationships can be for marriages. And I want healthy, happy marriages. I want want us to come out of this stronger than the world says that we can with the 50% divorce rate. You guys, we can do better. We have to fight hard. So um, I hope you enjoy it and let me know what you think once you're finished listening. Love you guys. Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how-tos, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestis. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast.
1: I'm super excited for y'all to get to hear her wisdom and just all the things from her. Lindsay
0: Maestes, right? <laughs> yes, <That's> it, right? <laughs> very close. Maestes. It used to be little before I got married and I sort of resent my husband for... <laughs> Making it so difficult, everyone's like mesties, mastis. I'm like, we should have just stuck with little, it would have been easier. But yes, maestas. Hi, thank maestas. you guys so much for having me on.
1: Yes, we're so excited to have you here. And before we get into today's topic, which I'm very excited to talk about, um, I do want to read your bio because I'm like,
0: thank girl, oh,
1: thanks, you're doing all the things. Well, what did Ashley send
0: you? Just kidding,
1: thank you. <laughs> um, Lindsay Maestas is the host of the Living Easy podcast, where she discusses faith and relationships and gives women ideas and opportunities and practical tips for real change because nothing changes if nothing changes. Lindsay is also a lifestyle blogger, wife and mama of two boys based in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Her work has been featured in Huffington Post, Relevant Magazine, Faith It, Focus on the Family, Better Homes and Garden, and more. She speaks vulnerably about the challenges of relationships and real life while sharing practical wisdom and tips. She loves to read, eat tacos, and binge watch Netflix with her husband. (laughs) You can follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest, or visit her blog at sparrowsandlily.com. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) So we are so excited for you um, to speak into our topic today, which to let the listeners know is all about dealing with difficult in-laws. And so we, I gotta say, I love when, you know, your bio says you speak vulnerably. And I love that because I've been listening to you and, and for like our listeners who have never heard of you, y'all need to go listen to her because it's just, it's so good. And I also love how you bring the gospel into everything. I'm like,
0: I love you guys too. I'm so glad we got connected because I love I'm so into marriage podcasts and I wish my husband would he when we do them together. I love them, but it takes he's very introverted. So it takes like a whole lot of energy. But I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love your guys's setup. It's so good. So I've enjoyed your podcast. But thank you guys for listening and for your sweet words, because that's very kind. It's not always the most comfortable obviously, to talk about certain things, but I've found a million percent that it just brings so much freedom to people. And so for me, I'm like, okay, Lord, while it might not be incredibly comfortable and sometimes even joyful for me, because there's a lot of fear that can be involved in what I share, um, I ultimately just see the fruit that God uses that to reach other people who are like afraid to say the same stuff I was afraid to say, you know? And so I think it's just hard because we're all dealing with so many difficult things like in-laws. People don't talk about that a lot, but it is an extremely common issue that can really damage marriages. And so it's been heavy on my heart to talk about it more because I do speak with so many couples now who their marriage just feels Kind of like they're in the thick of chaos because of other parents who are maybe too invested in the relationship or just very different personality types.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. That's so because I think to to go along with what you're saying is we all feel like whatever it is that we're going through it's like, we're the only one going through it. Yeah. And so when you speak into those things and be very candid and vulnerable about them, be like, you know, we we go through those things. There's, there's power in speaking those yes. things to like cut it down because when we internalize it, and I, I'm excited to get into this topic today because it can feel really lonely mm-hmm. because I think when it comes to dealing with difficult in-laws, we all just try to be really respectful. And try to love well, and sometimes it goes misinterpreted.
0: and mm-hmm. well, I guess <laughs> I I would just start if that's okay, by sharing a little bit of our story. We're really open with this. And I always address from the beginning that like I have a great in-law relationship. I love my mother-in-law. She is a dream, but what I don't like is that that is so rare. And that sometimes when I say it, I feel like, Okay, I don't want to step on toes and be like I'm boasting, which I wish that weren't the case, that just because I have a nice mother-in-law, that's a struggle. But as a boy mama, I get it a little bit now. I don't think I got it before. And I demonized women who treated their daughter in-laws a certain way. But now as a mom, I'm like, oh, man, it would be really hard to let go. And I think that's the biggest kind of crux of it all is in everything that we do, seeking understanding and grace with one another. Because realistically, we all have different backgrounds. We all have different, like as husband and wife, we have different behaviors. We have different experiences. We have different morals as we're being raised. And our parents are so involved in the raising process that to like let our child go can be really, really kind of soul crushing. Especially if we feel like we have issue with the woman that they're marrying. However, there isn't always an issue with the woman that they're marrying. And sometimes that's just their personality type. And so it can be really challenging to navigate through feeling as if I don't want my spouse to be separated from their family. They love their family. They're important. But I also don't want this to wreck my marriage. And so I think just to share a little bit of my story, uh, I actually don't talk about this one a lot, but I will talk about it because that's what we do. So um, my wedding was a little bit of a nightmare and because of family involved and it just got really, really messy. And I woke up the next morning from a text from one of our family members on my side basically on my honeymoon, the morning of my honeymoon with like, not exaggerating, probably 45 text messages from this person who felt disrespected at the wedding. Now, this is not a new thing for this person. It's very normal. So for me, I was just like, even on my honeymoon, like you never fail to surprise me. But like, I'm also not super shocked, you know, and it makes me emotional. The sweetest thing, one of the sweetest things that ever happened between my husband and I was that morning I just woke up and tears started flowing and Jesse, my husband, took my phone from me and he said, I respect you. I I want a great relationship with you. And they already did have a great relationship, but you will not speak to my wife this way. And mm. if you want to speak to her, you can message me. So I'm going nice. to block your number from her phone because these messages were pretty hate filled on my honeymoon morning. And he said, so you can talk to me. And that was like, I sobbed because I had never felt like I had been protected from that relationship before. And it was a consistently difficult relationship um, for me. And so that was kind of the way that I started viewing things as like, wow, that is a man. And not that that needs to be the case in all, but for me, he knew that's what I needed. Yeah. He knew the history of that relationship and he stepped in and that continued when his family had ideas about the way things needed to be with us as parents and the way that we needed to handle our finances. He would step in and say, Hey, Lindsay and I are more than willing to come to your house and have this conversation. We want to talk about it. However, I want you to come to me if you have something negative to say, because I want to make sure that it's communicated properly to my wife who doesn't know you as well as I know you. And so kind of having and some people might listen to this and think like, wow, he's domineering. And if you know my husband, he is the gentlest, like most quiet soul in the world. And so that's not his heart. It's just been very much like protection over me. And it's probably one of the things I'm most grateful for in my life. And so while it's not that we have not had any issues, it's just been more so that they've been handled right off the bat. Like they've just been dealt with and understood. And And I think from somebody who may be not understanding, okay, why can't his parents come to you? Why can't they have these conversations? I think first thing you think of is when you're in your house and say a friend comes over and they somehow get a hold of your computer and start looking through your bank statements. And they're like, wow, you really need to figure out your finances. Or if I were you, I would do this. Or they come to your house when you're parenting and they're like, this needs to change. Like you guys need to change your ways. You would feel incredibly offended. You would feel like, please back off a little bit. It's invasive, especially as a newly married couple. You're already trying to get your bearings. You're already trying to get life going and like understand one another. And those first few years can be some of the most difficult for people. And then having this involved other people who are just making it more difficult It's hard. So the hard part is like, okay, a lot of people might think, well, why can't you come into this? And with the struggles you already have, I don't honestly, I having been outside of that contact and the difficulty has been so freeing for me. Because I'm like, I really, I don't have a desire. I have my own family struggles. I've grown up with my own issues. Taking on another burden of someone that I don't fully understand or know or and who does not know me fully is really challenging. It's a lot. And so to have that freedom has been a huge weight off of my shoulders. And I think what we have to understand is there's this feeling of betrayal. So say Jesse in that hotel room the honeymoon morning had said, Well, He's right. He, she, this shouldn't have happened or you shouldn't have allowed it. Siding with them ultimately would make me feel betrayed because that can be a conversation between the two of us. If I had done something wrong, tell me I will own up to my junk. However, don't incorporate another person to be siding with them, which it feels high school a little bit. But I mean, these are very, very intimate relationships with a mother and a father and a wife. And if they're tearing you apart, the best time to do that is at the beginning of the marriage, because that's really when the enemy Wants in, you know? And so, long story long, it's been an eye opener for me to realize how important it is to protect and guard that marriage because it is like throughout scripture, you see in Genesis, leave and cleave, leave your mother and yeah. father and cling to your wife. There's a reason that there's a calling on that. I mean, it's God knew this was going to be a struggle and an issue. And that doesn't mean that you have to separate yourself from your in laws, but it does mean that you cling to your wife or your husband first and foremost. Because at the time you make those vows, you then do not betray those vows. You cling to your wife or your husband.
1: Oh, I love it! I need like a big amen button right now.
0: <laughs> you need that roadcaster.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm so I'm so glad that you um, brought up Genesis two twenty four because Bam. we have that. We have that tattooed mm. yeah. and that's our favorite Dang, that's verse. Good. And that's we, the,
2: it's one, uh, yeah. uh, leave it, leave your father and mother and become one. Yeah. One. Yes. And that's that it's word. that
1: translation of the word one. And that's, that is the verse that we run back to. Like you're saying, like mm. that's the relationship that needs to be cared for. And that's not to say that other relationships aren't important, right. but like you said, when you say those vows, that's, that's, that's a it. covenant and you're yeah. coming together and, um, you know, we've we've had ongoing conversations throughout our many years being married that um, we do have to be careful, like you said, the the picking sides, and you it's it does feel like a betrayal when you know either one of us choose someone who is not our spouse, like mm-hmm. the person we are married to, and so it's really been um, good to walk through those times to maybe say like you know that really wasn't the best way to handle it, but talking to each other about it and not airing out that dirty laundry. Mm -hmm. Um, That's good. But really protecting that marriage. And I love that Jesse did that because that's, that's huge. And I think sometimes with the way we view maybe marriage is that like the woman handles everything. And, um, I I'm pretty confident in that you would agree with like the man is the head of the house and, and that's a, that's a relationship that, um, that, and that's not to say that we don't ha- we don't bring anything
0: to the table. We're the neck. We turn the head.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah. well, I
0: mean, my mother in law like always says that. Actually,
2: I think that's um from my big factory. But wedding. Wedding. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, but um, I think that people have a really negative perception of that. That the man is the head of the home. It's very negative. And for me, even in this situation, in so many situations, when there's a decision that needs, that needs to be made. I'm like, the Lord has given you that calling and that responsibility. And honestly, I don't want that. So I freely accept that role. I think I have much more of a type A personality than type B. So sometimes a lot of the time I take control of many situations that I feel like I understand better or that I want to handle. But then there are a lot that he takes. And so there's this equal partnership. But for us, when it comes to that point of, for me, submission or him, leadership we own those roles. And I feel like we embrace them because it helps us to be healthier. Yeah.
1: I love that.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. And I, I, I agree. It's kind of like unpopular to yeah. do a hierarchy like that, but it works well. It works mm-hmm. really well. And it it's biblical too. So yeah. we yeah. found that, that it, as long as both parties understand that really well, there's not as much conflict about that other than mm-hmm. just like outsiders having a dislike for that setup. But it's yeah. works great for us,
1: and I think too. What gets misunderstood is that submission is like and interpreted as very weak when it's really not. Yeah, um, it's not at all. Both no. both roles are e-
0: <laughs> take strength.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Both roles are, are equally challenging in their own right, and and that's why they work so well together. Mm. Um, but I think we're you gonna. Oh, well, I was just
2: gonna say, like any husband or head of the household who's leading like my way or the highway, like without the input of your wife, like it's, that's terrible anyway. Like it's not going to work. So it's like, you have, you have input, you have joint decisionship, um, on mostly everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. well, and
0: having the backing of loving, like Christ loves the church, because like you're saying, he's not coming at it from a domineering perspective, but saying, I'm going to love you like Christ loves the church. And therefore I'm going to lead our home with that love. And I think that's what comes into, because I do think typically, and not to generalize, but typically it is the woman who struggles with the mother-in-law. Like that's, and sometimes the father-in-law tends to be the most common struggle. And I think that a lot of the time, kind of like we're talking about, is knowing our position in our marriage, knowing what God has called us to in our marriage And having that communication with one another. Because there were times when Jesse and I would get in fights. Like I said, this is a huge issue amongst newly married couples, amongst couples who've been married. I have somebody in my life who's been married, I think, 14 or 15 years. And it is still an issue with her mother-in-law constantly. She's really learned to navigate through some things. But I guess if it's okay, I'll start with just some ways to deal with difficult in-laws. And so I want to say first off... I'm speaking to difficult in-laws, not marriage destroying, toxic, really unhealthy in-laws. There's issues, there's maybe disrespect, there's boundary breaking, but it's not like I hate you, you're a horrible woman or husband or man. These are just difficult. So because I just I think that there's a whole other conversation to be had when someone needs to be completely cut off. But for this one where you might think they need to be cut off, but it's only because they bother you or they annoy you or you feel like they're trying to steal your husband a little bit. I would say the first thing is to build your own relationship with them. And everything I'm about to say takes one hundred percent strength in the Lord. The thing with it is, is that building a relationship with this person who is trying to invade your relationship, which you feel they're getting in the way of the most important relationship of your life, that has to be done By the strength of Jesus. I think if we try to do it in our own strength, we'll grow resentful, we'll grow bitter and angry and frustrated because it's not going to go the way you want it to go. I think we can envision, like, okay, I'm going to put myself out there, I'm going to invite them to do this, and it's going to go smoothly. And it could go absolutely horrendously, but you have to choose in that moment to love because. Jesus says he will know us by our love. He will know that we're his disciples by our love. And that doesn't mean that we don't create boundaries in order to love people better and have healthy um, kind of restrictions on what we do with these people. But I think oftentimes in in in-law relationships, we try to live that relationship through our spouse, especially if it feels tumultuous. And what I have found for myself is, When I feel really uncomfortable with maybe something that was said at a dinner or when I feel as if just everyone's against me because I still have my husband has a huge Hispanic, super close family. I come from a family of a very, very, very small family and I'll walk into the room sometimes and I'm like, man, you guys Share your opinion way too much. Like, just stop. (laughs) Stop talking to me. I am too sensitive. I didn't grow up in this huge family where everyone shares everything that they're thinking. And so sometimes I'll leave, like, oh, they hate me or they think this. And he's like, you're crazy. They love you. And actually, near the beginning of our marriage, I had a moment where I had a dream that my mother in law was trying to get us to split up. And I realized in that moment, I have some weird feelings here. They've not really been talked about. I could go to my husband and gossip, which will fuel my fire. And it was because of something that had happened. I can gossip to him, which will fuel my fire. I can allow myself to get frustrated or I can call her and I can be like, hey, do you want to go and get lunch to sort of resolve my issues but also maybe to come to a place where I can just get to know her on a personal level. And I think sometimes I would strongly actually mostly encourage doing a side-by-side relationship builder. So most of the time, women like to do face-to-face relationship. Men like side-by-side, building cars together, playing games, going golfing. Women like to go and have coffee and face-to-face. But when you're trying to build a relationship with a difficult In law or someone you don't know very well, doing things together that you both enjoy can be so helpful because you don't have to sit and have this really awkward conversation that you don't want to have and sit face to face with someone that you don't want to be at lunch with. You can go get your nails done and sit side by side, or you can go to a movie and sit side by side where you don't have to have a ton of conversation. And this is not to say she or he will be totally up for that type of relationship. But you have to put the foot forward. Yes, they're older. Yes, they're the parent. That doesn't matter. You, for me, I believe, as a believer, are called to live above reproach. You are called to lean in to what Jesus says, which is to love, to bless those who curse you, to not hold record of wrongs, because perfect love, which is Christ's love that he pours into us, does not hold record of wrongs. And this means that you don't walk away from that family dinner and say, this family dinner, she or he said this. Do you remember two months ago when she or he said this and then a year ago? Because what does that do? It builds a root deep in creates a root deep into our hearts that instills bitterness and anger. And instead of just seeing it as like a one off, OK, she or he was really rude this dinner or really disrespectful or didn't even speak to me and they only spoke to my spouse. It's hurtful but if i keep going back to all of the other times they did the same thing that will damage my relationship with them and also my relationship with my husband and again we are guarding that and your husband or your wife whoever the parent issue is with they love their family and you, the more you tear down their family and the more you find issue with their family you are going to become the cause inadvertently Become the cause of the damage, allowing your in laws to infiltrate rather than saying, We, like we talked about in Genesis, we are one and we come together as one, we fight as one, and we do everything as one, even when it's hard. But that also means that I respect my husband, I respect my wife enough to love their parents or to try to love their parents. Ephesians 6 says, Honor your father and mother. And when you say those vows, your in-laws are your father and mother. So again, like these are not easy things to do. It is challenging, but that is where fruit comes in our lives. That's where pruning and sanctification comes is when the rubber meets the road and we're being sharpened by those thorns that we feel like, gosh, Lord, remove this, remove this person, remove this relationship. Let me just live peacefully with my spouse but I believe so strongly that he uses those difficulties in those relationships to strengthen us toward one another.
1: Yeah.
2: Well said. I, That's amazing. I'm like, I love that. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome.
1: I love to the, the example that you gave, like not bringing up those past like hurts in our own mind. Um, I do think that, um, sometimes to, in the interest of like having a stronger relationship or at least establishing a relationship with a difficult in-law, you can say to your spouse, like, it just really bothered me or it really bummed me out that I didn't feel included. Yeah. And not to like point fingers and to say they didn't do this and they said that. That's good. But to just be like, I would I would love for us maybe next time we get together that we be aware of maybe ways that I could be feel more included because Mm. when you bring those two families together, like Michael brings all these inside jokes and like history and then I bring inside (laughs) jokes and history and he can feel left out and I can feel left out. And so, um, I think there's definitely a way to communicate that without being hurtful. Cause like you said, if you bring up all those things and you, you as the the spouse bringing up all those past wrongs become a catalyst for like cutting the marriage in half. And that's yes. not what you want to do. Um, that's so, so I, I love that, um, that, that you brought that up of the
0: side by side. Um, yeah. I think that's so good. That's so, so good. Well, and going back to your point, I think also respecting the power of our words not only to our spouse but towards our in-laws because Proverbs 18:21 the tongue has the power of life and death and it really does and especially in the sense of relationships because it's always and I talk about this a lot on the Living Easy podcast the little foxes it's those little things that dig into our marriage that we may not even realize how much they are damaging the vineyards in our marriage. You'll see it in Song of Solomon. I think it's the same thing with this is if you start making snarky remarks when you get in the car about the mom or the sister or the dad, your sinful nature wants to feel that sense of release of, I didn't deserve that. I didn't earn it. So now you carry the weight. But your spouse is not supposed to carry the weight. They didn't do it. Yes, a spouse should step in and step up. I, I strongly obviously believe that, but I think also to place the blame on them when they aren't the ones who made you feel that way necessarily, or they didn't intend to, you know, their character is really important. So just knowing the power of your words that those small comments here and there, when you leave, or when you're getting there, like, can you please not do this? Or maybe your mom is going to be nice this time. Or, you know, those sarcastic remarks, they really do dig a ditch and can bring death to your marriage. But if you choose to speak graciously and in a way that builds up your spouse, like, you know what? I love you. And today I'm going to try really hard. Like I'm going to sit down, even though I don't want to with this person. And I'm going to try to just ask them what they're doing. Like, everyone loves someone who just asks questions about them. Like that's people's favorite thing. Like that's the (laughs) fastest way to make a friend. So I'm going to sit down with your mom or your sister or your brother, and I'm going to ask them all about their business and all about themselves and just how things are going. And I don't want to, and they might be really rude, but I love you enough. And your family's important enough to me that I will lay down my own pride my own selfishness, my own desires, and even like my own rights really in this situation, if I feel like I have the right to be mean to them or whatever. And I'm going to love you above that. And I'm going to love Jesus first and foremost above all of that. And I think those words bring life, that hope, that um, willingness to step outside of ourselves, that brings real life. And I think just like you were saying earlier that we, I think sometimes when we use words like I feel or I felt they teach that in therapy. I think we do counseling. They don't teach us that, but just saying like, I feel, or I felt this is a lot less harsh than saying how dare they, or they're so this, you know, because really that just again creates a massive wedge in the relationship. And so I think the underlying part of everything with dealing with difficult relationships is one healthy communication between you and your spouse. And if you're struggling with that, go to counseling. We talk about it all the time on the podcast, go to counseling, go to counseling, go to counseling. You do not need to be putting out the fire. You're trying to prevent the fire. So go just get some insight. We have so many couples in our lives who pour into us and share their experiences and we glean and we listen because we want We want to prevent as much drama in our marriage as we possibly can. And by learning from other people's mistakes is one of the best ways to do that. But healthy communication, respecting the power of the words, side by side efforts, respecting one another's feelings too. Because I I think it's so important on the other end of the spectrum to say, to validate their feelings. You know what? I didn't even see what you saw. I thought she or he was actually really nice to you but I completely understand that you feel it differently and you don't know them like I know them. And you may just perceive things like not to not to diminish what they're saying either, but that you see it that way. And therefore, I completely understand where you're coming from. What would you like me to do? Because most of the time when women complain, at least like on my end, I just really want Jesse to listen to me. And so now we have a new thing where he'll ask me, "Do you want me to listen or do you want me to fix?" Yeah. And sometimes with the in-law things, <laughs> do you do the same thing?
2: Yeah. We 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 had our last yeah. um, couple. We interviewed our friends of ours from college, and Susie, the wife, literally said the same type of thing. Like when Cleveland comes home from a super busy day, she's like, "Do you want me to listen?" Or fix. And I think she had a third one too. But or was- to be
1: left alone.
0: Oh, yeah. You just need or to like need alone, alone time to decompress. That's yeah. good. So it's
2: so yeah. cool that you said that. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Well, and it, it has helped so much because my husband is hardcore. Although he's peacemaker, he's so he just wants a solution right away. And it would cause so much frustration with us because sometimes even with my difficult relationships, he'd be like, okay, it's not that bad, but like, let me just message them. And and I'm like, no, I just want you to listen to me and tell me it sucks. Like, just tell me this sucks and I'm right. (laughs) Like, Give me minutes to to cool down and think logically. And then you can come to me And tell me like whatever. But if you would try to fix it right away, I would just get more angry and I would feel that sense of betrayal that we talked about at the beginning where I'm not being sided with, which wasn't his intention. But I think when there's a point of like, I will just hear you and acknowledge your feelings. And then later when things are smooth sailing, I'll say, hey, remember that time or he will. Remember that time I did feel like you perceived that incorrectly. Let me explain why. And then you tell me what you felt. But to not just be like, no, you're wrong or just get over it, because that, again, creates a wedge. And I think this is the biggest thing is the enemy wants to destroy. He wants to seek, kill and destroy everything that we have. And that includes one of the greatest ministries of our lives, which is marriage. And he's going to do that. You know, he will do that if we allow him to. And so I come to it from a place of, Lord, I will do anything to not get divorced. I will do anything to protect my marriage, anything. And if that means laying down a little bit of pride and feeling uncomfortable at a family dinner, again, creating healthy boundaries as a couple, we know what works for us and our marriage comes first. We're going to love them because it is important that we love them and show them the light of christ and then we just graciously move on so i know that was a lot that was like a rant i'm sorry <laughs> i'm passionate about the topic oh it's good it's yeah. all good it's all good stuff because
1: like you're saying boundaries and i think sometimes people perceive yeah. boundaries as really constricting but i think boundaries are so freeing mm. then you feel like you're setting yourself up for success as opposed to setting yourself up yeah. for failure and so I think that yes. peop- uh, marriages that have the difficult in-laws being able to set up those boundaries and then also communicating those boundaries, where like Michael's boundary for something way be, um, you know, way more relaxed, whereas mine are way more confined, so to speak. It's like, okay, yeah. well, how do we have that happy medium? you know, where he mm. gives a little and I give a little. And like you said, that pride just has to be pushed to the side because it will infiltrate and it will destroy like those little foxes. And before you know it, you've just planted one nasty weed in your marriage and it's not a good Amen. thing. So I, no, I love that. I think so boundaries are, are big. Those are really, yeah. really
0: And I think helpful. especially as a Christian to not see them as the world sees them, which is mm. to keep the world out. And to kind of like put them behind the fence, but a sense of I create boundaries so I can love you better because in those 30 minutes, I am a much nicer person than I would be if I didn't create those boundaries. I can invest more, love more because my emotional energy tank is not being completely drained by the person that I just, it doesn't work with. So being just really mindful of ourselves and our needs and our spouse's needs like you're saying is huge because the perception of it is so important because when you hear create boundaries, it's a negative connotation so often, but it really can be seen as this is a really sweet thing that you're doing for your marriage. And also just to better serve the people around you and to give them the best parts of yourself and what God has called you to in a healthy way. Like it just doesn't have to be a negative thing. I'm with you there. Yeah.
1: We're, and I think with boundaries for anybody who has maybe some difficult in-laws, if the relationship is there and maybe it might be where like the spouse that comes from that particular side, if there's an opportunity to sit down and kind of establish some boundaries, if there's just been a lot of maybe friction, but both parties are willing to talk about it. I think talking about, mm-hmm. um, Maybe first and foremost expectations, because I think yeah. as people who get yeah. married, we we bring our own expectations into what we think the marriage is going to look like, and then how our relationships with other people will be. But also, I think as in laws, I know that like my parents, whether they realize it or not, had expectations um, for us that they think are good. And, and same with Michael. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when um, expectations aren't met, that's when we get that friction. And so I think if somebody might be in a place where like you can say, you know, Hey dad, I know that this is something that maybe you want for us, but maybe we're just not there yet. Or like, I love that you Mm -hmm. care for us so much, but we would love a little bit of room in this space. Just allow us to work through it together. So if there's an opportunity to have that conversation and to be honest, but in also a loving and respectful way, like, thank you for caring for us so much. And then kind of protecting your marriage with the next statement, I think would also be really helpful and not everybody's going to have that opportunity. Good. Um, But I think if the opportunity, but if you try to
0: make the effort, I do think that, yeah, that's really important because it opens a door for humility, which we all need a little more of and everyone and just saying like, you know, you might be totally right, but we kind of want to screw this up on our own. Like, let us just try it (laughs) and see if we can do it on our own. And if not, then, you know, but we are trying this like you guys went through it as a couple or as now you're an adult or you're older than us, you went through it, but let us just kind of fight through it as well. But I think that's good to to voice those expectations because there really are, you have so many different personalities coming into one situation and they truly all want the best. So I think that's the thing is yeah. just believing the best about one another, believing the best about your spouse, believing the best about your in-laws and just saying, I may not perceive this from their actions, but I choose to believe they're not, ill-willed. I choose to believe they're not malintentioned. I choose to believe that they do have some kindness in there, which I think is where the side-by-side relationship really helps too is getting to know like the sweet side of them. So, I love that. Yeah. I'm like, I could talk about this forever.
1: Yeah, yeah no, it's good. So
2: one of the reasons why I'm like, yeah, 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 that's great. Because like we everything you're saying rings so true. We've walked through so much of this stuff. We started off on rocky ground, uh, just wedding planning with lots of outside influence. And mm-hmm. um, like the first, oh my gosh, the first few years were just like really tough. Like just, you know, every time we're going to make a decision or get together, I kind of like have to psych myself up like, all right. In what ways can I prevent something going seriously wrong? In what ways am I going to yeah. expect certain things to go wrong? And how am I going to tackle that when it does happen? And then I think Elizabeth will be the first one to say, uh, she sees things very black and white. So with this stuff, it was like, no, I know that it's this way. Like, and that softened yeah. so much as 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 she's been able to take on like a very like, I, I think you've been in prayer about it. I know you have For sure. in prayer about it and just seeking to have a different heart and outlook t- towards it and just like, Lord, change my heart towards this issue. Um, and it's honestly been a lot smoother. There's been, you know, uh, like lots of good movement and stuff uh, in that direction. You got to submit yourself yeah, to that. it and you just can't keep yeah, assuming
1: the worst. Yeah. And I think the hard thing when maybe you like come together with in-laws and you, if you kind of like anticipate that it's going to be bad, I feel like you've already set your heart up for disappointment. (laughs) They're like, Oh my gosh, you know, like
0: that's true. So
1: the hard thing I think for a lot of people who have been hurt just repeatedly is how do I still go into this, this relationship and be around this person person and love them when I am so Mm -hmm. hurting, you know, like when, like, cause we automatically want to protect ourselves, protect our hearts. So we put up a wall and, and, So it's like, I think maybe if you have some words of wisdom of like, how would you encourage somebody to go into a, you know, into a situation where you've been repeatedly hurt by someone to not only protect your own heart, but to love them well, like, because it's a balance and it's a balance for like, I feel like every single minute, every single situation. And
0: I would love to hear your thoughts. First and foremost, I mean, I'm really big obviously what i do podcasting i'm really big on communication i communicate i used to overwhelm people with my thoughts because i just wanted to share what was on my heart and i felt like if it was on my heart it needed to be talked about and i really squashed people's spirits a lot because i i didn't ever think beforehand like i need to go to jesus and make sure this is actually something that needs to be discussed And so that has been a transformation for me to where I go to Jesus and I'm like, okay, this hurt. This is frustrating and exhausting. And I keep going to this place, but I need to go to Jesus and ask him, like, does this need to be a conversation? If it does need to be a conversation, then I think that we should go to that person. And most of the time I will say your spouse needs to be there. And it's very helpful to have a mediator as well. Someone who's really unbiased um, if it gets to that point and it needs to be really discussed. But I think if it's a point where you can just go and, and you have a relatively okay relationship and you're coming to terms then you say, I'm going to just be uncomfortable for a minute and I'm going to go to them because the Bible calls us to go to one another and I'm going to have this conversation. It might go really poorly and you might know from like the beginning, this is not going to go well. And that's when you get a mediator or have your spouse come, or you just deal with it with Jesus and pray because prayer should not be a last resort. Like that really should be God is the only one who can change hearts. We cannot change the heart of our father-in-law, our mother-in-law, our sister-in-law. Um, we really have to rely on him to do so. So I think going to one another obviously can clear the air sometimes If that isn't an option, I think back to my friend again, who's been married for 14 years and what she, she's very wise and I so value her input and she's had a lot, a lot of pain with it, of being told, um, she doesn't deserve her son because she can't cook, um, Mm -hmm. that she doesn't parent her children well, and she makes way too many mistakes with her children, who are great kids, by the way, um, she gives her opinion very passive aggressively in any setting, especially holiday settings when it's in front of people, she'll put her down. And it's very, very toxic. So for years, they actually had to create those boundaries to not see her together hardly at all, which was really difficult on their marriage. It caused a lot of strife. But now what she tells me because her she will be there pretty consistently. She'll come to events and things like that. And she says, you know, I suck it up. <laughs> like, I suck up my time. I suck up the fact that this is the relationship that I have to deal with. And I pray before she comes over. I speak with my husband before she comes over and we have a very general understanding that if i get into a conversation you kind of come swoop me out you know and this is after years and years and years of really trying to have conversations about it too. and so what she says she's like you know what i love her by letting her in my home by having dinners by continuing her relationship with her son and not allowing that to be something that it gets separated But ultimately, I just have to pray for her and I have to lift her to Jesus. And he gives me strength every time she's over to continue loving her. And she said, sometimes I'll invite her to go and do something with just me. But again, it's like we talked about the very short spurts. But I think going back to the very beginning of this conversation, it comes down to your own heart of, Lord, I am dying to myself And I cannot do this on my own. And trusting Jesus to give you that strength that the Holy Spirit has already filled your heart, which means you have the fruits of the spirit. You just have to enable them ultimately. Mm -hmm. And there are some people who cause you to pour out a lot more negativity. If a cat tips over a glass of milk and milk pours out, then there was milk in the cup. If he tips over a glass and nothing comes out, then nothing was in the cup And it's the same for us in difficult relationships. If somebody pokes one button that we don't want poked and we lash out and we're passive aggressive or we're actively angry or we go home just fuming, that's what's already living in our heart. If they push that button and we leave and say, man, that sucked, I'm hurt. And that's it. And you didn't respond. You didn't act out of anger. And you say, Can we pray? Pray for my heart because I'm feeling a whole lot of things right now. Like it's not a sin to feel angry, it's a sin to act out of that anger. But I think we really have to determine are they really pushing us to that limit? Or is this just something that I really need to navigate through with the Lord right now? Mm -hmm. Because if it's coming out, it's there. And really what flows from our mouth is in our hearts. And so, I think that's a big part of it is allowing Jesus to sanctify us because people, I mean, look at the life of Jesus. If we compare this persecution of in-laws, again, I don't have difficult in-laws, but I do have difficult family members. So that's where I'm going with this, not being judgmental at all, because I've struggled more than anyone in being kind and showing Jesus to some people in my life. But I will say, look at his life. He was persecuted he was accused, he was slandered, he was beaten physically, bloodied, mocked, I mean, everything. And what did he do? He encouraged people to look to the father. Like that's all, that was his response and everything was look to the father and he was quiet and he asked them questions and he had moments, very few, but he had moments of anger, but it was righteous anger. And I I think sometimes we may have that righteous anger but are we then sinning just to go against somebody else's sin? It doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. It's not the love of Christ. And so I think looking at his life and seeing, okay, this is really just a speck in the sand of, yeah, it's really hard, but look at the life he lived and look how faithful he was to just point people to eternity and to the kingdom Mm -hmm. And that's really all that is called of us. So if we can live there and just say, I mean, it's going to take time and training because we have to train our minds with scripture. And so memorizing scriptures that help you to cope, that help you to love, that help you to remember that you have been forgiven of so much. And when I look at myself, I'm like, Lord, you have forgiven me of filth, of promiscuity, of codependency, of of sexual promiscuity, all of these things. And I still am loved. Like I'm still pure. So if Mm -hmm. I've been forgiven much, I can forgive my father-in-law, mother-in-law, sister-in-law much again and again, because Jesus forgives us, what? A hundred times a day probably. And he pours that grace upon us. And who are we to say, I don't have that to offer to somebody. I mean, really it's just the foundation of it is checking our own hearts and realizing the thorns, the catfish that chase us around are really there to strengthen us and to put us on our knees and on our faces to love Jesus more. And that's that's the foundation of our life. If we can get there with training, how joyful That would be for us.
2: Yeah, I feel like there's so much to impact there. As you're talking, I'm like, ooh, I got, I got some praying to do. Like,
0: I gotta, I gotta. Same.
2: I was convicted
1: for sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I do, I do love though that you said the way we react to certain situations reveals what's in our heart, and I think that's really Mm -hmm. important because we're so quick to pull the speck out of somebody else's eye, but ignore the log in our own. Yes. I think that's super super important to remember and of course ego and pride gets in the way. We just want to point the fingers, but to yeah. put that to the side and to just be like, "Oh, whoa, I'm I'm like I'm lashing out and lots of nasty stuff." Yeah. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> um I think that's <laughs> yes. really I think that's really important to um to assess um because I think in a difficult in-law situation we're, and, and just as sinful humans, we're very quick to point the finger. And so if yeah. we can take a step back and adding to what you were saying is praying for the difficult person. And when you truly pray for somebody, it's really hard to dislike them. You can't, if you're yes. really praying for yeah. them. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just, not I,
0: just oh. for them to be fixed and nice to you, but like Lord, give them all the joy, fill them with your spirit, make them successful in life and in their relationships. Like it's hard to get that off of your tongue. And I think the more that you train and practice and do it and just kind of repetition, because it doesn't come naturally sometimes, like that's the work of the spirit, but that eventually, like you're saying, it really does. You can't, I always say like, you cannot hate someone from up close. And I think when you're praying for someone and you're really considering them and you know that the Lord loves them and created them and that they just sin just like you do, just yeah. in a different way. It's really difficult to hate them. That's good.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's well <laughs> said. I just can't say enough. Well, Lindsay, we really appreciate your time with us tonight. Uh, yeah. Just it's amazing. Well, um You're feeding my soul. Yeah. I was
1: like, keep coming, sister. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's one of those subjects <laughs> where you. like even, even <laughs> like planning for the episode is like. Oh man, that's going to be kind of tough to, to talk about. But the approach that you brought tonight is just like, it's, it's amazing.
0: All Jesus, Uh (laughs) all Jesus. I'm like, I'm a hot mess express. So (laughs) I just, I like, I always say on living easy. I'm like, man, I, I don't have, I'm not coming from a place of having achieved this. There's just, there's nothing in my life I've achieved. And I'm sure you guys feel the same. It's like, there's things that I, have grown in and been sanctified in by God's grace, but there's always so much work to be done. And if people saw my life, like we can preach all day long about what we should do, what we can do. But when we're really tested in it, when I'm really tested in it, it's an entirely different story, you know? And so I think to end with that maybe is I can say all of these things and I believe them to be true but to live them out is challenging. And so having people who can hold you accountable to it, continuing waking up in the morning and the first thing you set your sights on is not scrolling on your phone, but like on God's word to prepare you for the day, whether you're seeing in-laws or whether it's just a normal day, really being intentional with what your relationships look like, but that you are it's not gonna be easy and you're gonna screw up. And the first maybe 20 times that you try this And you try to go to lunch, you end screaming or, you know what I mean? But don't give up. Don't give up on that because God continues to prune. And every single day, the Holy Spirit allows us to wake up with new mercies and a new heart. And so as a Christian, you're not the same person today as you were yesterday. I mean, truly, because we are filled with the power, the majesty of an ever loving, ever present, ever powerful God who moves in us. And so just don't give up when it's hard. It will be hard. Don't just allow the enemy to win. And I will be right along with you failing and falling and <laughs> trying to get back up because relationships are messy, so yeah. messy, but they can be so sweet. It's a fight, fight to the finish line.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Fight the good fight.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you guys. You are so lovely. I've enjoyed my time. You're so sweet. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Thank you for coming on. I'm I'm so, so, so thankful that we connected because I really, I really truly believe that the words that you brought, just everything, I just know that it's, it's not only spoken to us, but I know that a lot of our listeners, it will be very fruitful and I just pray that it will, it will bless them and that they will, you know, really take it to heart. So Thank you so much for sharing and being vulnerable and honest and I just (laughs) love it.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too. So don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.maestas. Love you guys.